Welcome to the Good News with Angie Austin. Now, with the Good News, here's Angie. Hello, friend. Angie Austin here with the Good News along with Grace Fox. And we are talking about her book, Fresh Hope for Today, Devotions for Joy on the Journey. And we are focusing today on the devotion titled Treasures. Welcome, Grace. Thanks so much for having me again, Andy. It's always good to be on your show with you. You are welcome. All right. So what is Treasures all about? So my husband and I, living on a sailboat, were able to take it away from the dock for a short time. And this, this particular experience happened a couple of summers ago, where we put the anchor down in a secluded cove, and the water there was really clear. You know, you could look down, and it was, it was quite deep, but it was clear as far as you could see. And so one morning, I was sitting out in the cockpit enjoying some quiet and having my coffee, and there was no wind at all. The water surface was just like glass. And then off in a, a little distance away, I saw some ripples all of a sudden just across the surface of the water and these ripples were in the form of circles so imagine circles about 18 inches across a whole lot of them like dozens of them almost kind of overlapping each other in some places and moving towards the boat and I thought what is this this is something is going on under the water that I can't see and it came closer and closer to the boat so I stood up I leaned over the edge and looked in when it reached the boat and there were, I, 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 there's no way I could count, but little tiny fish, like thousands and thousands of little tiny fish, maybe two inches long. And they were swimming among dozens of jellyfish. Ooh. So everything was coming towards the boat at the same time. <gasps> and it was something like incredible. I had never seen anything like it, and I've never seen anything like that since when we've been out in those nice little secluded coves but it was a once in a lifetime scene i think that i saw and i was just blown away by it i just thought of how in a that's in the physical realm but in the spiritual realm stuff happens behind the scenes all the time that we can't see instead of behind the scenes we can say below the surface you know where god is at work He's always doing something. And even in those really hard places of life, he's at work. And there's stuff happening that we don't always see or understand. Just like in Joseph's life, when he was in prison, he didn't know what was going on. But God was at work in his life, getting him ready for that position where he would someday be second in command for the entire country. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That is so... Okay, so first of all, one of my favorite things of all to watch, and I'll even put it on, like, I'll take a live feed um, and I'll, uh, from an aquarium, and, like, just around the country, around the world, and I'll watch jellyfish. And because I find it extremely relaxing, especially if you have, like, really cool, relaxing music on, music on with it, I, di- I just find it so, like, mesmerizing, the way that they move. And then to see all those fish in there, I think about one time when we were... Um, snorkeling um, in the Keys in Florida. And the, the the cute little lady, she looked around. It was a man and wife, and they had this really cool boat. And it was just my family and them, and, and the two of them. And she just looked around, you know, and then she 
put a couple like little pieces of like a little like breadcrumbs in there. And then we were just like swarmed by thousands of little colorful fish, you know, and I was, you know, um, my phone was in a, a waterproof little packet around my neck and I saw I'd got the video and it was just one of those things where, it, like you said, once in a lifetime experience. And just today I was watching, because you've mentioned to me living on your boat in uh, uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, that you uh, have seen whales quite often, which I've only seen up close once. So this guy is in a kayak and his wife is taking a video and you see the hump of a whale come up behind him. And I was like scared at first. Like, are these killer whales? Because you don't want to capsize with killer whales. So anyway, you um, see this hump come up, I'd say like 10 to 15 feet behind him. And you're like, are you kidding me? And the water swirling. And then she continues to take videos as they um, at, they come up on either side of him and then, and the water is just swirling, you know, it was like, it's like a, like a toilet, you know, the way it's like, I forget what they call it, but so, um, and then she gets the camera on his face as, you know, as they're moving on and he has the most surprised look of wonder on his face and maybe terror, you know, and she starts to laugh and then he realizes the way his face looks. But I can't imagine like those three experiences, yours, mine, and that one, um, the, at church yesterday, the pastor was saying, have you ever thought to yourself, how did I get here? And he mentioned some experiences like that. And then another might have been like the Super Bowl or like someplace where he was like, how did I get here? But those once in a lifetime experiences that you're just like, wow, it's like those God winks. It's so cool. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. And being out on the water like this in God's creation, we know there's stuff going on below the surface of the water when we're out there. And we, but we just have no clue how much, right? There was one time, oh, years ago, before we lived on a boat, we owned a 27-foot sailboat, and we participated in an auction where it was a fundraiser for the Christian school that our kids were attending. And so we donated an afternoon sailing for whoever bid highest. And when it came time to take the winner out, I remember it was in the passage between BC's mainland and Vancouver Island. So we're zigzagging back and forth in that passage. That's where the cruise ships go when they leave Seattle or Vancouver and they go up to Alaska. So we were in that water, and and all of a sudden a whale breached right beside our boat. And uh, we didn't know it. I think it was a minky whale is what we finally figured out. But he was our boat was 27 feet long, and he may have been at least that long. But he came up on one side, and, he, and then he went down. And he clearly went in front of us because he showed up on the other side. And then... He did that. He swam circles around us for a few minutes as we zigzagged back and forth. And again, we were just blown away by how close we were to these magnificent creatures that God has created. But you know what? When we're out in those waters, those whales are out there. They're underneath us. We might not see them. Uh, you know, we, we see them once in a while, and we always count that a gift. But they are under the water. And that's just how God works. Like, we don't always see what he's doing when we're in a hard place. We don't always have that luxury of even later coming out of it and looking back and seeing what he did. He doesn't owe us that explanation. But, uh, you know, but he is at work even when we can't see uh, what he's doing. I, I, and it's interesting because like all those things you saw, they're down there all over the place every day. But coming across some of these things and actually seeing it is so, so rare. You know, imagine you live on a boat and this is probably the one time, it is the one time you'll ever see something just like that. Exactly. Yeah, you never replay the same thing again. Never twice. 
Never. So one of my girlfriends um, used to always say to me, and this is what I think goes with treasures, your devotion, and we're talking about fresh hope for today with Grace Fox, devotions for joy in the journey. Um, she used to always say, look for the gift in every day. And for me, I have to say, Grace, it was never some big, amazing thing like I graduated with honors. I got a new car. Like generally the gift in every day, like I love this squirrel that comes up. It used to, but I got in trouble with my husband for feeding the birds and the squirrels on our deck because they tore up the, the the top layer of wood where they would you know run back and forth and eat and so I, I, he redid it so I can't do it anymore but I was feeding them there and this mom squirrel came with like three baby squirrels and they were eating the bird seed and it was maybe five feet from me because I'm right inside the wind, window and it's a thin portion of the deck and to see the babies and like the, I took a few pictures and the detail that I could get on their fur and their eyes and their faces like to me the, <clears throat> that was the gift of the day like such a tiny thing but i think many of our gifts of the day happen and we're not even looking for them we don't even appreciate them because we're like well that's not a big deal that's like three owls flew out of our tree and they got into like an argument in our front yard and they were kind of going after each other i mean that one stood out to me as the gift of the day for sure but um i think a lot of times the gift of the day we don't even realize how amazing some of these little things are that happen the other day I was out going for a walk, and I, we have just come through a significant cold snap. Yes. So it went from this Arctic front, you know, and then it turned to rain. And, and But we had a day where it was clear, and I got out in the morning about 8 o'clock and went for a 40-minute walk, and I heard the sound of spring bird songs. And I thought, oh, thank you, Jesus. There is hope. We can come through this wet, cold winter, and, and come. I know spring is coming. I know it's coming. Because the gift of the day that day for me was the sound of these spring bird songs. Yeah, it's a, not not big, it's not huge, but it's a different sound, right, to the songs. Even the birds were happy that day, and I thought, thank you, Jesus, for that gift. It's the same thing, yeah. I, I yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm glad that we did this today because I... I remember when she first told me that to look for the gift in every day. I did, but then you get on with your life and you forget things your friends have taught you and you get busy and distracted. But I'm definitely going to be looking for the gift or the treasures, as you put it, in every day. So that's um, that's something you mentioned under your ponder section of your devotion. You said, what treasures can you see hidden in the darkness? Or I would even say, you know, in your day, just like you just did. So I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'll report back to you next week and I'll have what, you know, I, I, I find. And then uh, your prayer is, God, open my eyes to see the treasures in this place, you know, like in this world. And then I love your quotes um, from Francis Chan, crazy love overwhelmed by a relentless God. The quote is, quote, the Bible teaches that true joy is formed in the midst of the difficult seasons of life. So that's something I remember telling my friend, and it was so unfortunate. She had three young children at the time. They were the same ages of, as mine, like maybe nine, seven, and four at the time. And her husband passed away from brain cancer, and they were going on a ski trip. Well, of course, the little ones, they're not as aware of the loss as the older one. And I said, I know that it's going to be super painful for you to go on this trip with family. Um, I said, but try to find like the gift in the day, the treasure in the day. And so um, I... I I, 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 this is just a good wake-up call for me. Like, if you can find it, like you mentioned there, in the midst of your trials, you can certainly find it in in everyday trials and joyful days. Absolutely. We just have to live life with our eyes open. Yes. Oh, that's a good way to put it, because so many times our eyes are open, but not really. Oh, 
we're so busy. We're looking from this thing to the next to the next that we have to do, and uh, we're we're just distracted. Our heart is distracted. It's overwhelmed with other things. But to live life with our eyes open to see those treasures that that the Lord has for us, those little gifts in every day. You know, we um, speaking of a gift, my daughter, um, uh, I may have told you, uh, got, got baptized, and she made her own decision. But we had for I think from when she was born, gosh. I would say until she was maybe 10, 11, 12, 13, we had a nanny who was a really strong Christian, and she'd pray with the kids, and she was such a super great example to them. So I wanted to send um, Charlene. She actually works at the radio station that we're on in Denver. I I told Charlene, I said, um, I sent her the video, and I said, um, Hope, Hope was just baptized, and you had a hand in this. And I was explaining to her how, you know, her, she'd had such an influence on the kids, even though she doesn't see them now, that she, you know, helped rear them, per se. And she said, congratulations, Angie, for bringing hope to this place. And congratulations, Hope, for making the decision to follow Christ. Thank you so much for sending me this. What a blessing for me to see. It nearly brought me to tears as this was always my, she puts in quotes, hope for each of your children, from me to all of you, love. So I thought that was pretty cool because she's in her 70s now and her grandkids are grown. So she helped raise my kids like her own grandkids. And what a gift to her. You're sending the video of this baptism and those encouraging words to her. And that would have been a huge gift for her in that day. Sometimes the gift comes. We can give gifts to other people in the middle of the day just by sending an encouraging word like that. Oh, that's a good point. We can be the treasure in a day for somebody else, or our words can. I love that. Okay, gracefox.com. She's on every week with us. Uh, Fresh Hope for Today, Devotions for Joy on the Journey. Thank you, Grace. Yeah, we'll see you next week. See you next week. Edgewater is tuned to the Mighty 670 KLT. It's the famous annual 99-cent sweater sale at Arc Thrift on Friday, February 9th. After saving up sweater inventory all year long, Arc Thrift is ready for their and our favorite sale of the year. Men's, women's, and kids' sweaters are under a buck. And even though this sweater sale is extremely popular, they will be restocking throughout the day so you can come before work, after work, at lunch, or whenever you can make it to one or more of the 34 Arc Thrift stores. Load up a shopping cart or two. Get those vintage sweaters or more current styles that will keep you warm and be friendly to your budget. They plan carefully throughout the year for this sale, and that means pulling from the warehouses and their reserves to provide lots of tables and bins of unique sweaters in each Arc Thrift store. Go several times that day and enjoy the party and pick up sweaters at 99 cents each. The 99 cent sale is one day only, Friday, February 9th, at all 34 Arc Thrift stores. Go to arcthrift.com or just call Charlene at 303 481 1800. Welcome back to the good news. Angie Austin, Beatrice Bruno, and Jennifer Bishop. And uh, Beatrice, we uh, we know her as the prayer warrior, but we're going to talk a little bit about scripture because, as she puts it, that's what she lives on. Uh, and so what have you, I, she memorizes it. And so what's really hit me this week, Beatrice? Romans 12, 1 and 2, Angie. Um, and it, it goes like this. 
I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And the reason that sticks with me is because it's so much crazy stuff that's going on in our world today. And if we are if we don't continually sacrifice ourselves to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm yours, have your way with my life, and then renew our minds instead of conforming to the world, we become just like everybody else. And to be honest with you, Angie, I don't want to be just like everybody else. I want to be the Beatrice that God has called me to be. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, okay, mm. I, I love that. And I, I think you, I'm proud of you because I really do think you take that uh, seriously and that you do make an effort every day to become the Beatrice that God wants you to be. How often are you memorizing scriptures? It's just been something that you've done your whole life because I, I know you memorized that. You weren't reading that. This is ongoing. Um, I've been a, a Christian, a born-again Christian for 30, almost, th it'll be 31 years this year. And it's when I finally received Jesus Christ as my personal Savior— it stuck with me for the first time. And as I started reading the Bible, I just started putting that Bible inside of me because, you know, another scripture says, thy word will I hide in my heart that I might not sin against you. Because if I don't hide his word in my heart, then I'm going to forget who I am, you know, and it's a quick thing of us forgetting who we are. And so scripture is just very important to me because that's God's daily word to me. And I just, I read the word daily and um, I live it. I tr well, I try to live it as much as I can. Oh, I think you do. All right. So, Jen, um, you know, I've got to ask Beatrice because I'm sure we've talked about this before, but I know you weren't saved when you were a drill sergeant and that you helped a lot of young people who came from difficult backgrounds, um, you know, get kind of uh, the basics in life in basic training because you'd taken them from camp couch or whatever. You, what do you call Fort them? Living, Fort living room. Fort living room. Yeah. And so... <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I, I do think too. I've heard that before. I love that. So Fort she gets him, she gets yeah. them off the couch from Fort Living Room and then puts them through basic training and they're probably throwing up because they've never worked out so hard in their lives. So yeah. when did you get saved and how did you get saved? I don't think I know this because it wasn't I know your 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 grandparents were religious, right? But that wasn't when you got saved? No, it wasn't. My grand, my family was religious, but they weren't saved. Mm -hmm. There's a big difference. Yeah, it really is. Okay, because people religiously curse, people religiously steal, people religiously, you know, commit adultery. You know, but to be saved, that's a totally different animal. Um, May the fifteenth, nineteen ninety-one, at about six thirty that evening, um, I was living at Three Shreve Street in Wrightstown, New Jersey. I had just finished being a drill sergeant, really, and. Um, God had been dealing with me. He had sent my one of my best friends to this day, Jackie Clay. We were drill sergeants together and we would sit out in the park at lunchtime and we would talk. Well, she would talk about the Bible and I would just be smart about it. She would say, well, if you were to die right now, where would you go? I said, girl, I'm going to hell. OK, I don't know where everybody else is going, but I'm probably going to hell. And she said, well, why is that? I said, because. That's just going to be my life, because that's how I understood it. I understood God as the punisher. And I understood God as the, the one that will put people in hell. But to be honest with you, it's not God that puts people in hell. It's we ourselves that put ourselves in hell. And that's all there is to it. But Okay, so then how did it happen? How did it go down? Well, I, I went home that evening. And when I got home, I had, um, it was just tarring me. 
And uh, I, I went to her room. I say, Hi, I, I'm home. I'll be in my room. Don't disturb me. And I had been crying. I had been on a crying jag all day. And, you know, as a soldier and stuff, it had to be something really bad that made me cry. And I'm, I'm not going to go into that. But I was crying all day. And I, I went back into my room and I knelt down beside my bed. And I heard this voice the first time I really heard this voice that said, no, you need to lay down flat on the floor. You need to lay prostate. Whoa. And so, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And when I laid flat on the floor, it was like every tear in my body just flowed out and I cried. And as I lay there on the floor and I'm getting chills with it now, as I lay there on the floor, I said, Lord, if you're really real, I don't know, you know, what you want with me. But if you will have me, here I am. Here I am. I said, I'm tired of running from you. I'm tired of, of getting stuff wrong. I'm tired of being who I am right now. I want something different. And so, Jesus, if you're listening to me, Lord Jesus, come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. And when I got up from off the floor that day, May the 15th, 1991, I'll never forget that day. When I got up off the floor, it felt as though the burdens of the world had lifted off my shoulders. Wow. And that um, a couple of nights after that, I was I was dreaming and in the dream. I was standing somewhere with my younger cousin. Um, his name is Malachi Fleming Jr. And he lives in Columbia. He was at in Columbia, South Carolina at the time. But he was probably about. Oh, I want to say he was a little boy. He was about nine or 10 years old. And we were standing and we were facing a mountain. And when I looked at the mountain, I saw this person. And when I looked at the person, I, the, his hands were down by his side and I could see like where something had been stuck through his hands. It was Jesus. And he was beckoning to us to come to him. And that was it for me, Angie. I was like, oh, I got Jesus now, y'all. And that was it. From that day forward, I never cursed again. A month later, I gave up smoking. OK, overnight. I didn't drink anymore. That was it because I finally knew who Jesus was for myself. I wasn't listening to somebody else. I was listening to him and the Bible myself. And I haven't turned around since then. I am telling you right now, there's probably somebody listening right now that's like, hmm, maybe I should get saved. <laughs> maybe so. You know, and, and you know what? With the way the world is right now, folk are dying left and right every day. OK, and you can't wait until you stand before God and say, OK, well, I'm here now. Will you save me? No, baby, you got to do it before you leave this earth, because there's a point in unto man wants to die. And after that, the judgment. OK, yes, that's Bible, Jennifer. <laughs> uh, but we can't wait until that last day and then expect something that's not going to happen because if we don't receive Jesus Christ as our personal savior before we leave the earth, it's a done deal, baby. You're done. I have and to the tell next you, step is judgment. One of my um, father's really good friends who was a Christian, and they he they were friends for like 30, 40 years, and he drove my dad out when we reunited uh, about 10 years ago, and I hadn't seen my dad, or we'd really been estranged for about 30 years. So anyway, he drives my, my dad out, and, I'm, and my dad at one point said, you know, can we pray? And his friend said to me later, I've never heard your father say that, like mm. never. But anyway, mm -hmm. on his deathbed, we knew he was mm. dying. His heart was giving out. My stepmom was very averse to the idea of anyone pushing Christianity on my father. And in the past, my father had kind of been in, you know, 
uh, like, you know, let me do my thing, you know, because he was in, studied all religions and this, that and the other. So um, Keith told me very clearly that when he asked my father if he wanted to, you know, recite the sinner's prayer with him, if he wanted to, you know, uh, you know, enter heaven and accept the Lord, that very clearly as my dad was dying and not saying much anymore, he was kind of in and out of consciousness, that he said, yes. Mm-hmm. Very clearly, so they did, Amen. and I truly have peace that uh, that he uh, that I'll see him again in heaven. I know, I know that his friendship with Keith all of those years was almost, in my opinion, like his backup plan, his safety net. He always had that person pushing him towards the Lord all those years they were friends because Keith Mm -hmm. met him when he was a young college student. My father was his professor and became his mentor and they uh, taught judo together. My dad taught him and then Keith had his own judo studio and they did Tai Chi together and he Mm -hmm. worked on my dad's house. It was just a very long-term friendship where I truly believe that even though that they uh, spiritually speaking were very different, that my Mm -hmm. dad also admired him and had him at his side when he passed away. He was like his son. Amen. Amen. That's good. And, you know, um, I I have a tendency when I have to preach a funeral, I have preached um, two or three funerals for my family and um, some other outside, including my husband's. Okay, it's nothing for me to say, to invite the audience to say the sinner's prayer right there at the funeral because if they want to see that person who died again, that's the only way they're going to see him in heaven. <laughs> that's it. That's it. And the sinner's prayer is just so simple. It's not something you got to go to church for. This is something that you just do by yourself. Yeah. Yeah, It's a, it's a personal relationship we all have. Yes. Yes. And that's, that's, that is the key. That's the key to everything. Jen, how old were you when you were saved? uh, Let's see. I was at social services. I was, it was funny because I thought I was Christian and we worked at Denver County Social Services. And so let's see, I was just married to so 23, 24. But that was my start of my journey because I, I did not grow up mm-hmm. at all in the church. Mm-hmm. And my friend Sabrina's like, well, you've been saved, right? I'm like, well, what does that mean? I believe in God and Jesus. She's like, oh, no, let's in so mm-hmm. said the sinner's prayer. And that started my journey. And I tell her so often, I'm like, thank you, Sabrina. You were the one that brought me to the Lord and accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And it's just been, even though at the year before I was, um, like I met my husband and that night we taught, we knew we were getting married and we knew it was going to be in a church, which I think that was Holy Spirit 100% because neither of us grew up in the church, mm-hmm. neither of us. And I, I look at Beatrice, I'm like, man, she's amazing memorizing the scripture. And, and I'm like, I think we're, yes, I, and I work on it all the time, but I'm like, Matthew 19, 26, with God, all things are possible. And you know what? If I believe it in all, every fiber of my being, every cell in my body, Holy Spirit is in there. It doesn't matter for me. And my belief is like, I don't have to memorize tons like i'm always a work in progress god knows my heart and we're all called to do different things um and being at beatrice's husband's service sitting there with you angie it was just like how does she have the strength to do this and i'm like that is her calling god has called her prophecy she has the gift 
God-given, mm-hmm. definitely, uh, strength to do her husband's, uh, you know, eulogy and, you know, to mm-hmm. bring others to Christ during his service. All right, we've got about a minute. I just want to mention, I know this sounds so corny, but if you aren't a Christian and you're like, what was Beatrice talking about, the sinner's, sinner's prayer? I am not kidding you. Google sinner's prayer. I know that right. sounds so crazy, but right. um, I, I went to peacewithgod.net, peacewithgod.net, and it's a mm-hmm. Billy Graham ministry website. And it, besides the sinner's prayer, it kind of goes with the steps, you know, that God loves you and has a plan for you. And they talk about uh, John three sixteen, and then they go through mm-hmm. that people are sinful and separated from God. And then number three, God sent his son to die for your sins. Would you like to receive uh, God's forgiveness? And then it goes goes through the sinner's prayer, which is so short. And so mm-hmm. I know that mm-hmm. sounds crazy, but I went, you know, you can Google it, sinner's prayer. I went to peacewithgod.net, with his, which is a Billy Graham Evangelistic Association uh, website. And uh, Beatrice, give us your website if people want to reach out to you to speak or you know, if they want to write a book, etc. Drillsergeantoflife.com. And Jennifer? livingyourpotential.com. Yes, the hope broker. And you can always find me in my podcast. Should be going up soon. Not quite yet, I don't believe. And that is Angie austin.org austin like texas a-s-u-a-u-s-t-i-n t-i-n t-i-n everybody always does the t-e-n all right have a great day thanks for listening to the good news thank you for listening to the good news with angie austin on am 670 klttt